This episode of the Rasafari Podcast is intended for a mature audience only. And to clarify, I don't mean mature in the sense of, like, being a mature person, because we all know that there's a whole lot of people here that are adults, but aren't mature. But yeah, this one's adults only, y'all. We say some naughty words and talk about some naughty things. Listener discretion is advised. Taking horny to a new level. Hello, lovers. My name is John Rossi, and I'm a touring drummer with a passion for all things animal. When I'm on the road, I spend as much time as possible visiting zoos and aquariums. Now, I want to share some sexy stories from those places with you. So get ready to hear all about the love and lust you can find at the zoo. You're tuned in to Rasafari After Dark. Hello, hello, hello. It's time to grab your cavassier, light some candles. Okay, enough, 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 enough of that. But hi, welcome back to the podcast. It is time for the annual Rasafari After Dark Valentine's Day Spectacular. And I'm really excited to have y'all here. Okay, so we're going to start with a confession, not, you know, an After Dark confession, but, um, I am still out in California. I'm doing the thing. I'm doing a lot of interviews. I'm doing shows. Life is completely crazy. And uh, since I've gotten so many great interviews at great facilities, and since I'm also completely crazily busy right now, I made the executive decision that I was not going to do an After Dark episode this year. I mean, you got two last year, right? That should count? Yeah, no, maybe? I don't know. But what I do know is that I got requests. I got requests from a keeper and from two fans initially saying they wanted more. And then um, I've, heard, I've heard from a few other people who were, were hoping this would happen uh, since that initial barrage that made me realize, all right, I got to do this. So this whole thing came together incredibly quickly. How quickly, you ask? Well, that's kind of you. Um, in a couple days... I basically made the decision that I was going to do this on Thursday, and it's now Saturday, and I'm recording this episode, and frankly, I really need to get it done so it can get to editing and all that good stuff. So um, this one was quick, y'all, but it, it features three guests, two of whom you have heard before, but stories from them that you haven't. And then uh, one brand new guest who's going to be on the pod later in the year, but is is sharing a, a sexy story for you now. And then um, I also have a little story of my own that I want to share. And then we're going to round it out with something that if you've listened to all the episodes you've heard before, but I know people jump around and I know we've gotten a lot of new listeners lately. So, uh, you know, it's worth having there. And frankly, even if you've heard the story before, I promise you, you're going to want to listen and laugh through it again. So even though I'm releasing this episode on Monday instead of Tuesday, so it's actually out on Valentine's Day, um, I do want to let you know this is your like normal weekly interview episode. Uh, it's not a bonus episode. I'm not going to put another one out. Um, you know, you still getting this and Zoo News. So, uh, no complaining. It's not allowed. But, um, yeah, so this is your episode for the week. You're just getting it a day early. Or if you just log in on Tuesday, like always, it'll, it'll be sitting there waiting for you, which is kind of lovely. 
Mm, lovely. Get it? Because this is Valentine's Day and we're talking about love? Mm, no. Okay. Okay. So anyway, um, quick reminder, make sure you're following along at Ross Safari on all the socials, except for at Ross Safari pod on TikTok. I've been doing a ton of reels on Instagram lately and they're a lot of fun, I guess. People seem to really like them. So that's cool. Yay life. And, um, yeah. All right. Uh, here, let me give you an ad that I'm sure you'll love to keep it in theme. Today's episode is brought to you by Daydreamers Studios. Do you have stories and expertise to share with the world? Have you ever thought about starting your own podcasts? There's no better time to start than now with the help of a trusted production partner. Daydreamer Studios is a full-service production company that takes all the stress off your plate. You can focus on creating engaging content while they focus on recording, editing, audio engineering, hosting, and publishing on 22 platforms. Log into the advanced remote system with one click and the Daydreamer team will be on the other end ready for you to record everything you have to say. Owned and operated by Daydreamer Network, Daydreamer Studios continues on the company's mission to empower storytellers of all kinds by making podcasting accessible to all. For more information and current promotions, visit daydreamernetwork.com studios. Okay, so one quick thing to note about this is that since this was all thrown together incredibly last minute, um, we did some of this on Zoom, some of this is voice memos, uh, there's just a whole lot going on right now. So, um, you know, it's all good, it's all wonderful, but I wanted to let you know that that's the audio that we're dealing with because I'm in a hotel room and wanted to make this happen for y'all. All right, so we are going to start off by heading up to Menden, Massachusetts, where you're going to be hearing from our dear friend, Emily Begay. Poop story. Yep, that Emily Begay. Uh, and she's got a great little story about some uh, bird stuff to tell us. Plus, um, you know, we do a little catching up because, of course we do, because it's Emily Begay and she's awesome. So here is uh, Emily. are you oh my gosh i haven't talked to you in a minute uh you know hanging in there <laughs> uh, yeah yeah hanging in there that makes sense how yeah. is the zoo with danny on maternity leave um you know it's sad um but you know it's we we're saying this even before she left this isn't a vacation or anything like she's she's hard at work on her next adventure so and we can still talk to her and see her so that is at least a relief because um we would be sad without her of course but the team is holding down the fort <laughs> of course that's what i mean <laughs> she's such a good so leader of course like you know yeah yeah, yeah we're, we're doing we're doing just fine excellent i'm glad to hear that how's my buddy russell doing excellent he is doing very very well um he misses his danny of course but of course yeah <laughs> yeah oh i miss him i, I yeah. talk about russell a lot it's kind of funny i was telling hillary hanky about him the other day oh yeah yeah because i'm just that guy now 
<laughs> yep. she Do had you some, know this crow? <laughs> I, seriously. I was like, oh my God. Because she had some white necked ravens and they reminded me of Russell and we were mm-hmm. chatting about it. And I was just like, yes, I have a pied crow that I'm in love with. It's cool. It's cool. We're friends. We hang That's out. That's right. You got to go in person too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Hillary and I are buds now. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's very, very, very cool. It was one of the neatest experiences ever, and I cannot wait to share that episode with everybody. Yeah, I can't wait to listen to that. Yeah, so the reason that we are actually here, and and you know we can do this quick so that you can go back to bed, because it is, <laughs> what, 2.30 in the morning out there? John, Rossi, how do you? <laughs> it's, it's two, it is 2.30 in the morning, yes. 2.30 in the morning, and we had this scheduled earlier, but you fell asleep on the couch, and I'm calling you out on the pod now. <laughs> I sure did. You know, I'm sure that any zookeeper can relate that when it's time to go to sleep, it's time to go to sleep. <laughs> I'm not going to say who, but somebody who was on the podcast a couple of times um, that I really like and we have hung out and stuff. Um, One night there were a couple of us and we hung out at the zoo and then we went to a bar to get some dinner and have a drink and like catch up afterwards. And we were having a lot of fun. And then this keeper literally was like, "Okay, I'm going home, stood up and walked (laughs) out and did not even say goodbye. And I was literally like, what, what did I do? What did I say? I felt really bad. I was replaying our conversation in my mind. We had kind of been having like a one-on-one like sidebar for a minute. And then she did this. And so I turned back to the other people in the group and I was like, what, what did I, what did I do? How did I offend her? And they laughed and they were like, oh no, 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 that's her. She keeps a strict bedtime. And when it gets close, she just pieces out. It is all about the animals. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. (laughs) And we've been in touch since. And it's true. Everything is fine. But like, I literally thought I had like seriously screwed up. She just gone, gone. (laughs) Hilarious. You know, I bet she doesn't wake up at 2.30 in the morning. So I respect it. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, you know. (laughs) Uh, you'll muddle through, I'm sure. But so we are here for Rossafari After Dark. And you said that you have a good After Dark story for me. And it is very After Dark right now. So at least that's appropriate. Yes. How appropriate. (laughs) Uh, This is the perfect time to tell the story. It was meant to be. Yes. (laughs) So tell me things. Yeah. So um, it's a little similar to the stories that have already been shared about our beloved Benjamin, who was our resident ladies man. Um, But believe it or not, we have another quote unquote flirt, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Not to anthropomorphize, but also anthropomorphize away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So when we do our uh, bird shows, one of our, or a couple of our birds are trained to retrieve dollar bills. So we're able to do an experience with our guests at the end of the show that if they would like to make a donation to a conservation uh, cause, they can come in, hand a dollar bill to a parrot, which is a really, really cool experience. And then they've made a donation and they walk away with this wonderful experience, um, you know, learning more about conservation and then making this connection with an animal, which is all around super great. Uh, It takes a lot of training, of course, to make sure that everything on our end goes very smoothly and that the birds are also having a positive experience. Um, And so one of our, uh, we we jokingly call them pickpockets, (laughs) but (laughs) one of our birds who 
who is trained to do this is our female blue and gold macaw, Henry. And um, she has come a really, really long way and she is just so great at it. Um, But we've kind of noticed this pattern because it's generally a lot of small children who come in. And um, so she, you know, is a really good sport and she waits for the kids to get just close enough because sometimes they're a little bit scared. Um, and sometimes for, for our even littler guests, uh, a parent will come in. So sometimes mom comes in with them to help give them a hand, but sometimes it's dad. And when dad comes in to help our littler guests, uh, Henry, just time stops for Henry. <laughs> <laughs> and she, uh, her eyes start pinning. So we're seeing some of her classic overstimulated signs and she makes this tiny little yipe noise. And, um, it's like, I'm not even there anymore. (laughs) Like I cease to (laughs) exist and pretty much everyone besides that man ceases to exist. So we, again, anthropomorphizing, we make the little joke that Henry has a type and that type (laughs) is generally tall men. (laughs) Um, but she, she kind of loses all focus for a, a, (laughs) a minute sometimes because she is oogling over this man who has just come into the show arena. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love that so much. It, yeah. And it's so true. I, 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 you know, it's anthropomorphizing, but I mean, I noticed once I became a dad, if I would go places with miles, uh, there were, there were certain women who it was clearly the fact that I was there with my kid <laughs> that they were like, they would see me not give a second glance, then Miles would run up, and all of a sudden they're looking at my left hand to see if there's a ring on there or not. Like, and I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh! But like, <laughs> this is a real thing. So um, I think I think Henry is is on that same page. <laughs> yeah, I guess she's not alone in that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but she, you know, sometimes it works. So you know, when she doesn't take the dollar bill from their child. To say, oh, sorry, looks like you've caught Ken- Henry's eye, and uh, we just need to give her a second to focus. And it does take a moment, but then she always, she still takes that dollar bill, so she's the job done. So, well, yeah, then she's doing it to impress the guy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that that could be it. Yeah, I mean. We may be anthropomorphizing on that one, but also we all know that citizens do actually like doing things for attention. So maybe not. Just absolutely. And that's also not out of the ordinary to have preferences and the people that they interact with, be it, you know, certain characteristics or even something like gender. So, (laughs) um, yeah, so there are some birds who particularly hate men. So, (laughs) yeah. Just something that comes up. <laughs> no, yeah, that actually happens with uh, non-birds, too. Um, I know a red panda who I'm about the only guy that he will take any food from or anything, and he's still way more cautious with me than yeah. with any female around, even, like, new females that he's meeting. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, there's so much that goes into that with their history, with interactions. Something could have happened Um but, you know, I, like we like to say, everything is a training opportunity. So they're getting information from everyone around them all the time. So, Absolutely. Awesome. Anything else you wanted to share this late, late evening? <laughs> um, I guess I'll just share, you know, everyone get 
get a good night's sleep. Do something nice for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Are you talking to yourself right now? (laughs) It's too late for me. (laughs) I'm I'm too far gone. (laughs) Don't make my mistakes, everyone. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me so late. I appreciate it. (laughs) All right. And uh, yeah, so that was fun. Gotta love Emily and and the whole team at Southwick's Zoo. And, um, you know, even though this is a a sexy episode, so we're not going to have a poop story. Poop story. I feel confident that Emily's partner in crime, Danny Poirier Larson, could share a lot of poop stories with us right now as she's still doing the whole new mom thing because unlike a lot of animals human babies don't actually grow up that quickly but i don't want to kill the mood of the episode so uh danny can sit this one out (laughs) meanwhile we're now going to switch it over to tiffany james from zoo knoxville now y'all have heard tiffany on here a couple of times and uh you know she's got a pretty darn good story and uh, not only that but um There was one of those moments that happened in this conversation that was so unintentionally funny that I basically swore I was going to cut it. And then we quickly realized we had to leave it in. So it's in there and uh, it it involves. um, Well, never mind. You'll you'll hear it. You'll hear it. And uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with this one. So. uh, All right. Here is my chat with Tiffany James. Hello. Hello. So who are you? I am Tiffany James back again. Yes, I love it. And uh, before we get to your your actual After Dark story, you were just telling me another story. So we had an uh, interview scheduled earlier this morning and it it didn't work Mm -hmm. out. But you were almost late to that interview. Why were you almost late to that interview? Because one of my black bears needed his butt scratched. And who am I to say no to butt scratching? All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's an I important mean, part of my job. That is an important part of the zookeeper job. The zookeeper butt scratches. <laughs> now, do you guys, do you and your bear ever do um, mutual butt scratches? Do you let him, if you have an itch, you let him scratch your butt too? Not yet. We're not quite there because I don't want to bleed, you know, That's fair. but uh, That's fair. May- maybe someday. I mean, this might be a good training goal. <laughs> I'm just saying. He does try to help me like tie shoes. <laughs> yes. He helped me hose the other day and then sprayed me with the hose that he stole. So that was fun. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Oh, so good. All right. So tell me your, your story. Before I was at Old Pachita in Kenya back in October, and um, last year you had asked me if I had any fun Valentine's Day stories. And I was, I didn't really have any because I just switched departments and I was so disappointed in myself for not <laughs> having a solid story. But I've been thinking about it ever since. <laughs> and <laughs> there was one day where we were just kind of on, on safari, just driving down the road. And then all of a sudden our guide who's in his seventies, like this really cool old man, like stopped and was so excited because he saw two black rhinos breeding pretty close to the road. And I, immediately I was like, oh my God, I have to tell John about this. <laughs> um, so we stopped for, I'm not even kidding, like 30 minutes, just waiting on these rhinos breeding. And it was the most insane thing I have ever seen. Um, slightly traumatic, but mostly just hilarious. Uh, so tell me the why. Male was, <laughs> the male was breeding the female, um, which 
is what you would expect, right? That does make so sense. So this poor yes. girl is standing there, and the male's feet, his back feet, were literally dangling over the back of her, like because he was just fully putting his weight on her. <laughs> and this isn't the super fun, exciting part. Well, not really fun, kind of depressing. But um, I learned that um, rhino horn is obviously uh, one of the main reasons that they are going extinct. People are poaching them and selling the horn. Um, for medicinal purposes, but of course it's just keratin, just the same as our hair and nails. But the reason that it initially started being uh, believed to have medicinal purposes is because of that long breeding time. So <laughs> rhinos breed normally for about 45 minutes, and this is like actively going at it. And the reason that people thought the horn would help them to with fertility is to basically help their endurance. So they thought that that might help them have longer, maybe 45-minute sex like the rhinos did, which I had no idea. I had no idea that that was the case. And I'm also so right. disappointed in so many people that apparently can't last 45 minutes. Because, yeah, like, crazy. come on, y'all, get your stuff together. Like, it's rhino is, endurance right there. That's that's to be expected, I would Taking say. Taking horny to a new level. Oh, oh, the horny pun. <laughs> yes. How could I not? I mean, that's That's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, ever since I heard that, I was like, I need to tell John. I need to tell John. And then I texted you. I was like, don't let me forget. I need to tell you this story and then well, I, I forgot when I saw you <laughs> well I have to tell you it's really funny because um I wasn't sure if I was going to do an after dark this year because I'm in mm -hmm. California and my life is crazy right now <laughs> and then you texted me just the other day and said hey you know I have I have a story for you and then that same day two fans reached out and were like I'm looking forward to after dark this year and I was like <laughs> so you have to do it <laughs> okay and so now I am whipping up an after dark episode like literally nice. all of all of the interviews are turning into this it is me reaching out and then like <laughs> quick can we, we grab 10 minutes on zoom even though we are three time zones away and like woo but it works it does it works very you're well you're in california you're crazy you've got to yeah. get all the fun stories on the east coast and the west coast stories i'm sure they have a bunch of zoos there oh yeah yeah Thank there you. are lots of lots of uh future episodes coming already but um, yeah so i'm excited so okay so i'm 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 curious when you guys waited for the rhino sex like <laughs> You said it was really traumatic and all his weight was on her. Was she, do they lay oh down? Was it like standing? So, like, I'm so confused. Like what is rhino yeah. style? So it was standing and then it was so much weight because obviously like thousands of pounds on this poor lady. Um, her back legs started giving out and then he would kind of like touch base and like it just reminded me of a little kid trying to climb on like a counter or a table or something. You know how their little feet dangle and they're just reaching and they're trying so hard. But he wasn't actually breeding her because his poor little feet were just hanging off the back. So he couldn't get a grip to get his thrusts in. And it was just it was just so crazy. But the reason that our guide was so excited about it was because, um, like, as, as a seasoned guide, he's seen pretty much everything. Um, doesn't get quite as excited about lions or rhinos even. But seeing black rhinos breeding out in the open is extremely uncommon. And okay. black rhinos, uh, that, that population is really hurting. So Old Petrus has a great place uh, for them. They're looking for more babies. So it's just, it's always good to see conservation working. Hopefully more babies will come in, what is it, 17 months for rhino babies? Yeah, a long I believe time. that's correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything about rhinos apparently takes a long time. Yes, they yes. do. Especially when you're asking them to come inside at night. They take a long time. <laughs> yep. At least my old ladies do. No, that makes sense. 
I'm totally going to edit what I'm about to say, but when you said, especially when you're waiting for them to come inside immediately (laughs) after talking about the sex, I was like, oh, shit. That's hilarious. No, did not. Well, I guess they were waiting on a long time for that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even think about it. (laughs) I did not go there intentionally. Even that sounds bad. That's hilarious. Yeah. Maybe I'll just leave all that in. Maybe I'll just leave everything that just happened in because that's fun. Do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but speaking of Olfegida, aren't you like going to go do a thing soon? Yes, I am going to Colobus Conservation in Kenya in on Monday. Um, yes. So, yeah, I'm, so I'm excited. excited. I'll have all the news stories. So when we, because when we talked last and on your last episode, mm-hmm. you you had told me off the record that you were hoping this would happen again. Yes. And, yeah. So it uh, yeah. kind of happened quickly. Um, That's so yeah. awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate you. Thanks. Yeah. Let me know next time you need anything. Definitely. Um, we're going to go do otter fun things. Yay. Right. Have fun. Right. Bye. Bye. Uh, I love hearing from Tiffany so much, and I'm so excited that she's going off to do the thing in Africa again. I am so proud of her. And, um, you know, if you haven't checked out any of the Zoo Knoxville episodes yet, make sure you do. Not only are Tiffany's awesome, but uh, there are some others as well. And I just think it's so cool that... um, Zoo Knoxville does the Quarters for Conservation thing, which is the program that is letting her go do this work. And uh, you'll be hearing more about that down the road. But like I said, there are some episodes where it's already out there. If you want to hear about a really cool initiative uh, being done by Zoo Knoxville to help anyone that works there, not even just keeper staff, but anyone that works there do conservation work and have it funded by the zoo. All right, y'all. So uh, in keeping with Rasafari After Dark, I thought that it would be good to bring you a virgin on this episode. Oh my gosh, I don't mean like that, you goobers. No, 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 no. Get your heads out of the... Well, I can't really tell you to get your heads out of the gutter. This is Rasafari After Dark. My voice just keeps getting more like a, a bullfrog when I do that, and it's hilarious. Um, but no, but I mean a, a virgin to the show. This is the first time that we have had this person on the show, and she is already planning to sit down and do an interview with me when I'm back on the East Coast. And I'm really excited to share her with y'all because even though she has not been on the podcast yet, I absolutely adore this young lady. She is an incredible artist and you can find her work at Animalia underscore designs. That's A-N-I-M-A-L-I-A underscore designs. I will link to it and I've linked to it before. And um, yeah, I have some of her stickers. I love them. It's good stuff. Also a zookeeper also has a a fun, sexy story to share. So um, without further ado, please allow me to introduce you all to Charlotte Trapman O'Brien. Now, this one's going to go a little differently because Charlotte and I were not able to connect for a Zoom interview. I was off doing an interview when she was free. She was off. She didn't tell me what she was doing. Probably being cool and having fun and and living her best life. I hope so. Uh, when I was free. So um, Charlotte was kind enough to send in a voice memo. And uh, I'm going to play that for you and uh, also interrupt it and say some stuff because uh, partially I think I'm hilarious and partially because it's my dang podcast and I want to. So here's Charlotte. Charlotte. 
My name is Charlotte Chapman O'Brien, and I am a zookeeper and sometimes artist. I've been in the zookeeping field for just about 10 years now, and in that time I've worked with a lot of incredible animal species, but currently I've found my home working with ambassador animals. And I have always enjoyed making bright, fun watercolor paintings, especially featuring animals. And about a year ago, I decided to start my own small business, making my own stickers and other items featuring my colorful watercolor animal designs. And it's been a pretty incredible year. I've been able to make over a 100 different animal designs, raise a lot of money for wildlife charities that I cared about, and uh, just just overall quite a journey. But that's something that you might hint, hint, be hearing about in a future podcast episode, because I am not here today to talk about art. I'm here to talk about a story of love and romance at the zoo. A few years ago, I was working at a facility that had two giant Aldabra tortoises. And if you don't know about Aldabra tortoises, they are pretty incredible animals. They are the second largest tortoise species in the world after the Galapagos tortoise, and they are indeed gigantic. So males can reach about 550 pounds and their shells can be about four feet long. Females are a little bit smaller. Their shells usually reach about three feet and they can weigh up to 350 pounds. And these guys are thought to have incredibly long lifespans too. They are almost certainly able to live over 100 years old easily, but no one's really sure what their lifespan is because it's pretty hard to study an animal that lives that long. Now, the zoo I worked at had two of them. Their names were Fred and Wilma. Now, Fred is currently in his 80s and Wilma is in her 60s, so they are, they are pretty impressively old. Now, these two tortoises are very personable. They have fantastic personalities. They're very outgoing and just super fun to work with. So when we decided to start doing behind-the-scenes tours of my area, it was a very natural fit to have them be a part of it. And we actually decided to have them be our big finale. So after guests finished the rest of their tour, they would go into the tortoise yard with us and they would get to feed Fred and Wilma some of their favorite snacks. They are very partial to romaine lettuce and also give them scratches. Tortoises frequently enjoy lots of tactile sensations and Fred especially loved getting scratches on his neck and his shell. So these guys were very popular with our tours. People were usually very excited for them. So they made a pretty good grand finale. So at the very beginning of the season, I had one of our very first tours. It was my first tour for this behind the scenes option. And I had this very nice family with two kids. They loved the day, loved all the other animals they got to meet and were incredibly excited to meet Fred and Wilma at the end. So we go into Fred and Wilma's enclosure and the kids are feeding them lettuce. Fred is absolutely loving getting some scratches. It's just a really wonderful, wholesome end to the day. And I'm talking to the parents and answering some questions when I hear a very specific sound. And once you know this sound, 
you will recognize it in an instant. It sort of sounds like maybe a dinosaur stubbing its toe or a tree falling over and hitting a boulder. It's time for Interrupting. 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 Interrupting John. I mean, obviously, you know what you're about to hear. And now that's something that you can never unhear. You're welcome, friends. Back to the story, starting with Charlotte describing, um, well, exactly what she thinks you will feel now that you've heard that wonderful sound. You will be potentially traumatized. You might never be the same again, and you will definitely recognize that sound if you hear it again. Maybe John can do an impression of it on here. I mean, it would shock no one if I did, but in this case, I did the whole interrupting John thing. But, you know, good try, Charlotte. Good try. So I hear this sound, and I turn around, and I see that Fred has taken this opportunity to start mounting Wilma. So this sound is coming from just a few feet away. It is very loud, impossible to ignore. And also there's a 500-pound tortoise climbed up on top of a 200-pound tortoise. So obviously the kids start looking and are asking questions, questions that I certainly did not want to answer. Their parents are trying to kind of evade the questions too. They're also not really sure what to say. And just to make things even worse, the tortoise exhibit is right in a central path. So the noise starts drawing a crowd. There's a whole bunch of people getting bigger by the second, all pointing and laughing and just generally making it a very traumatizing scene. So eventually, after apologizing to the parents over and over again, we sort of hustled out of the yard. Thankfully, they were very sweet about it and didn't make a big deal, but I I was a little traumatized. Now, here is the worst part. We had lots of tours that summer. They were incredibly popular, and it turns out that Fred just couldn't help himself and couldn't stay away from Wilma. So as soon as he got finished with eating snacks or getting attention, he would usually head right her way. So you'd be in there with a tour group, talking to them, making conversations, but always watching out of the corner of your eye. And if you saw Fred start heading that way or started hearing the noise, you would have to desperately try to hustle the guests out before it became a whole big scene. So we all sort of spent the rest of the season in fear of Fred uh, making a spectacle of himself (laughs) with his love for Wilma. Now, of course, Fred and Wilma are very cute, so all is forgiven for a uh, very, very difficult tour season there. So that is my story of love and romance between Fred and Wilma, and I hope everyone has a very nice Valentine's Day.
Okay, so true story about tortoise sex beyond that one. Uh, normal, normal sentence to say, John. Good, good. Uh, is the fact that um, in ninth grade biology class, they showed us a video about animal mating. And I heard those tortoises having sex. And it stuck with me just like Charlotte says it's going to uh, with all of you. And it it was so true that years later, when I was visiting the Maryland Zoo at Baltimore, I heard this noise and I grabbed my then girlfriend's hand and ran over saying, come on, come on, come on, come on. You have to see this. You have to see this. Because I knew what that sound was. And oh boy, was I correct. So uh, yeah, not sure why I felt the need to run towards it and not away. But um, maybe someday some psychotherapy will explain that to me. But anyway, speaking of your good pal, John, I feel like after asking for three full episodes now, different people to share their, you know, sexy zoo stories, I thought it was time to share one of my own. Y'all, let me tell you about the time that I had sex at a zoo. No. What? No, no, it's cool. It's fine. It's totally fine. It's it's a good story. You know it's a good story. You were there. Nope. Okay, okay. Okay, no, but listen, I mean, I th I think it's right to share the information. It's not even like, like, it's not like we were in a- Do not do that. Okay, it's- I John. Okay, I under- We were in a place where we were like a la- Nope. It, no. It right. Clearly, I was kidding, and nothing like that ever happened in my life ever, because that would not be right. And even if it did, I would never share about it, because that would be inappropriate. All right, can you guys still hear me? John. Uh just just checking audio levels. Uh anyway, so um yeah, so let's let's take it to the final story of this episode, which uh for those of you who have listened to the first uh episode from season 1, my interview with Ron McGill, you will have heard this one already, but uh this is the craziest story I think I've ever had on the podcast. So uh if you haven't heard it or if you're just ready for a a quick laugh again, uh here it is. There, there's a story I want you to tell uh, about, um, well, we were talking about animal sex, and yes. um, it, it's a different species of animal, but uh, go ahead and tell your story about uh, the filming that happened here. Oh, <laughs> Lord have mercy. So, you know, we have a very big zoo. You'll see you go out there in a very big, and on a rainy day, it kind of thins out, but we have a lot of different areas you can go into, different buildings, and in the aviary, we have what's called a round room. It's beautiful. It's got a big aquarium behind it. It's really nice, but it's covered, you know. So one day, I like to go out and kind of rainy. I like to look at animals. tend to sometimes be more active in the rain. It's cooler and things going on. So I'm going through, and I'm walking through, and I look at the aviary, and I'm going to go into the round room, and as I step into the round room, I don't know how to say this subtly. There is a woman on the bench with her pants down to her ankle, masturbating with a gentleman behind her, holding her up, and another guy filming it. And I'm like, am I seeing this? <laughs> <sighs> and they, they, they looked at me, and right away they packed up and ran, and I tried to run after them, but they got, they got away, okay? They could run really fast. And I went up here to security. I said, guys, I hate to tell you this, but I think someone was just doing some amateur porn in our uh, aviary round room. And they laughed at me. John, they all laughed at me. They go, no, 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 no. That's, nobody's doing that in the round. I go, I'm telling you guys, I was right there. Somebody's doing it. Somebody was doing it in the round room, okay? And they say, impossible. So this is where I get a little embarrassed because I knew that this was going to turn up on one of these porn sites. So I started Googling, like, you know, animals and women 
you know, I started getting some really weird stuff. <laughs> I, I, I went so far as I Googled Beauty and the Beast. I didn't just get Disney. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> but finally, after going through it, I forget, I found it. There it was. They had sure, sure as heck they posted it on one of those sites. And I came up to the office. I go, does that look familiar? I'm not talking about the naked girl on a bench. I'm talking about the aquarium behind her. And everybody's like, oh, my God. Oh, my. I go, yeah, yeah. And they did it not just there. They had been in other places at the zoo because they put a whole package together. Okay. I only caught them in the, in the, in the round room. So, uh, yeah, the zoo can be a wild place in more ways than one. That is beyond amazing. Yeah, it was uh, it was eye opening to me in many ways. All right, well there you have it, lovers. Rasafari after dark for 2022. I'd like to say a special thank you, and I love you platonically, of course, to Lara Shank, my red panda level patron. And also thanks to Emily Begay, Tiffany James, Charlotte Trapman O'Brien, Ron McGill, and Zoe for appearing on this episode. I don't know what's happening here. All right, I really need to stop doing fake sexy voice because I'm I'm not very good at it. Because uh, we all know I ain't fake sexy. I'm the real kind. <laughs> or something. God, I'm a dork. Y'all, I hope you have an amazing day today, whether you're celebrating Valentine's Day or just living your best life. And um, remember, lovers, sexy credits backwards is Stiderk Yexus. The Rossafari Podcast is produced, hosted, and engineered by John Rossi. Editing and fact-checking by John and Dr. Zoe Vesley Gross. Our theme song is Sevens by Nathan Burke, performed by Nathan and John. Interrupting John theme and additional voices by Taylor Isaac Gray. You can reach John directly on Instagram and Facebook at Rossafari or by email at rossafaripod at gmail.com. Rossafari is part of the Daydreamer Media Network. Now, stop listening to me and go visit a zoo.